0: You are listening to MSP 1337. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Uh, First and foremost, I'd like to thank our sponsor, MSP Ignite. MSP Ignite offers a peer group experience that is unique to managed service providers in the technology industry. If you are serious about implementing a model for success through sharing and collaboration of best practices, this is the best way to do it. Head on over to msp-ignite.com. To get more information. All right, on to the show. Welcome everybody to this episode of MSP 1337. This week we thought it'd be a good idea to talk about breaches and our favorite communication carriers, T-Mobile, AT&T, and maybe a little bit about the Verizon that was oh so long ago, but just to sprinkle it in there. With me this week, I've got Chad Holstead of BKS. Welcome, Chad. Thank you for having me, appreciate it. Hey, so I thought it'd be a great idea to talk about it kind of in the heat of the moment because this is all playing out last week and even into this week of all these breaches, lots of user data compromised. And what I wanted to focus on wasn't so much about the breaches themselves, and the terrible way in which these companies are informing those that have been victims, but more about what we can do as the MSP, taking care of our clients and saying, hey, this was in the news. We're aware of what has happened. We want you to be proactive. And so you came to mind first and foremost, knowing that you've dealt a lot with the banking space and the steps that we go through. We've talked about incident response. We've talked about tabletop exercises. So I thought, I should hit chat up and ask you, what are your thoughts on what's happening right now? And how do you go about keeping your clients sort of educated so that they're making good decisions and are at least walking around or or operating with heightened awareness?
1: So I think, uh, I appreciate that. And uh, I personally think that uh, as a business owner, I don't care what you are doing, if you're selling widgets or whatever, I think you have a responsibility to your employees to, to educate them in some way, shape, or form. Um, and it helps you if you educate them because they'll help you keep your data forward. And we talk about it in our business a lot, the first line of defense is your employees. So now right. your employees, um, let's say they got the T-Mobile hack or they got their data was extracted. You know, if you're an, an ethical, and I stress you shouldn't really, you're not not ethical. you don't do either. But if you're teaching your employees Good cybersecurity tactics, they're going to know things. And, you know, like you uh, had brought up to me earlier when we were talking about uh, having me on, what should we tell our employees? Well, change your passwords, um, freeze your credit. If you, as an MSP, have deployed a cybersecurity training tool that is sending out weekly videos, monthly videos, of those videos at some point was going to have the conversation about that um so i think that the teaching the employees is a huge step um the biggest piece about this is in in all reality this doesn't totally affect the business owner themselves
0: right and and i think this is the 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 scary one is we talk about like you know byod when it comes to cell phones a lot that's very common like maybe we might put you have to use outlook or something it's maybe some siloed data but we are very, very likely to say it's your own device and so, in fairness to our employees right we, we need to be able to say hey I know we're all using T-Mobile or, hey, you're using AT&T, you're using T-Mobile. Maybe there's some, a difference in what information you're sharing to each group because the response might be different, like what was stolen. But one of the things that I was going through as I was talking uh, with a client about the T-Mobile one is let's just pretend for a minute that no real data has been taken outside of maybe potential credentials for, for logging into your T-Mobile account. And so one of the things that obviously comes to mind is like, okay, log into your account and change the password, right? Like pick any vendor, if there was a compromise, that would be like step number one. Uh, number two, especially when it comes to like our personal information, the thought that went through my head is unless you're buying a house, buying a car or refinancing either of those two things, you probably don't need to have uh, your credit uh, accessible. So oh, go ahead great. and increase your credit. Like take the big three. I know there's more than three, but at least do those big three. Surprisingly, once you've set it up and got it dialed in, it's actually not that hard when you need to buy something that temporarily unfreeze it. So I would do that. And then the other big one would be if two factor and those pin numbers that they often have for those types of accounts is to change those and make sure 2FA has been turned on. I don't know that there's a lot that you can advise someone to do beyond that when we're getting into the specifics of the actual breach, but then it gets into what you and I have talked about many times and that is What's the education now that I need to provide beyond that? That's really about that heightened awareness for things like, Hey, I got this text message says my package will be delivered today. Unless I want to read or or had a hard time delivering click here to reroute the delivery because I ordered something today. Yeah. (laughs) Probably is true for me because I'm addicted to Amazon, but um, so that kind of goes down this sort of, I don't want to say rabbit hole, but makes me start thinking about the things that we do and other systems that are tied less specifically to a single event with a single vendor, but more about all of the things that we do have control over that we can put sort of those hurdles or obstacles in place for our end users to be less likely to stumble because they hit a wall instead.
1: So I, I agree. Um, and, you know, we had a, a phishing attack. It wasn't, it wasn't a really attack. One of my employees fell for a phishing email. Um, and it kind of went around and we, you know, we did some triage to verify that nothing got, you know, hacked and stuff like that, had a round table discussion about, you know, what happened and why did you fall for it? Uh, and then to teach them more, including we already do know before for our employees. So they do get it as well. Right. But, um, talking to a friend of mine that sells, um, ID theft, uh, prevention, not prevention, but, uh. Uh, monitoring. Got it. And when this happened, I asked my employees, I said, do any of you guys use this software? Do any of you guys credit monitor? Do any of you guys dark web monitor? Your, we, we dark web monitor our own team. Sure. Do you guys do any of that? No, why should I? Well, because if you let if you get hacked and your identity gets stolen and you're working for me, the average time to restore your identity takes 40 hours of business time.
0: And up 40 hours. hours of you working yeah. to get it done. Well, and then there's the actual so, user, the person that's been affected that may take much longer than that.
1: Yeah. So then you, you look at it and go, well, I can't afford to miss you for 40 plus hours. Right. I can't afford to be frustrated and stressed about this. So I actually offered every one of my employees a raise if they took on identity uh, credit monitoring.
0: Now that's that's an anomaly.
1: uh, But the other piece of this is going back to your point about education. Yeah, I changed my T-Mobile password. But what people don't tell you is that well, your T-Mobile password is the same as your ComEd password. They've got your ComEd password now. And your email address is, by the way, the same. So they already have your
0: username. Yes, let's. Before we, I want to go there here in a second, I want to continue down the path of what you started. So let's think about this. You got the McAfee Protect, you've got LifeLock. I'm not sure that I know all the potential options yeah, that are out there. A, like I know with ATT, fun, they've got some sort of Protect that you can just turn on regardless of whether or not there's been a breach. What, what has me floored is that we talk about automation all the time in cybersecurity. And that's essentially what this is, right? We're talking about a monitoring service to monitor my traffic and financial transactions, etc. What we don't spend a lot of time talking about is like, hey, when was the last time you logged into your bank account and checked for fraudulent transactions yourself? Or, you know, bothered to verify that, you know, when, when you do order something, What's, what's the actual track, like the shipping address on file for your location? Does it, does it match? Is there a correspondence there? So I think that's important too, that we don't lose sight of the fact that uh, everything we do can't just be handed off to some third party service. And so that kind of takes me like back full circle to these vendors. If you look at the way these are being handled and obviously right now, AT&T is very different from the way uh, T-Mobile is handling it. Neither one are doing a good job. But you know, T-Mobile is saying, "Hey, here's credit monitoring service," and AT&T is like, "That's Dude. basically it. It right. happens. So, here's credit monitoring." And that's all they're saying. And like we're talking about a service that they're going to give you for a year. And the reality is, with data like this, even if it got used in the first year, which could happen, it won't. Five years from now, when you really need the service to be monitoring you are now paying for this on your own. It's somewhere between $35 and $75 a month to monitor you know, your, your behavior. So I, I feel like if we're not teaching the end users of how to be more proactive without paying for a service, making that a habit, these bad things are going to continue happening anyways.
1: Yeah, um, and the same thing as we always talk a lot in the MSP, it's not a matter of uh, if, it's a matter of when. Right, You will be breached. You will have some type of fraud. I'm, I pray that you only have a, a credit card fraud and you can shut down the credit card and get a new credit card. But so, if they take your social security number, you you have a lot more. That's for life. I mean, you
0: can't get a new one. Good luck. Nope. It's like it's like uh, trying to get a vaccine card. You might have to go get another vaccine, even though you already got it because you lost the card. Uh, so, so talk to me a little bit about sort of the, the pieces because you know you mentioned the you know offering a raise. Like these are things that you you think are like no brainers, but. When we look at the events, and we can, use, we've been talking about, you know, cell providers because of the three that we know about that are kind of big. Verizon's a little bit further in the background, but um, Microsoft just had a big breach too—38 million records exposed for yep, everything exactly. from from personal vaccination cards and and patient health records to you name it—all because of of poorly implemented. And then you had the if you plug a razor mouse in, you suddenly elevate during the install of drivers to admin privileges. I mean these things are gonna continue happening. They're not gonna go away. And that's really not the point of what we should be focusing on other than to say, how do you answer the client that says, hey, what are you guys doing about this? It's it's kind of the flip, flip it on its head and go, well, what are you doing about it? We've gotta be proactive and share to them, hey, these are the facts. This is what we know with what information we have. These are the things that you need to do. And these are the things that we're doing for you and keep the communication going right like i think that's the meat of where we have failed miserably is communicating first to the client before they call us to complain or f- panicked or you name it about something that none of us can do anything about
1: well the 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 the, the piece that we struggle with a little bit here is the chicken little syndrome okay um, if i called every one of my clients every time a Target Verizon. Somebody had a breach. You'd be on the phone a lot. Yeah, it, and then they would never. It's I don't have any value to them at that point.
0: And but I assume you're I referring them, to the sky is falling, Chicken Little syndrome. Yes, which would be the yeah. I'm crying wolf or the any number of analogies. Seems okay, principle. Good. Yeah. Just making exactly. sure. Exactly. All right. Um,
1: the uh, the biggest piece of it though is if I call them when there is something that is of a value to them. Sure. So I know you had talked about you have a customer that has all of their users on T-Mobile. Yeah, if I knew of a single customer that was that way, all day long, I'd be like, hey, are you doing anything to talk to your empl- Have you at least mentioned that your employees, to your employees, that there might be risks yeah. for them? And you know, I, I, mean, I think it's being out.
0: specific, right? It's being specific, not saying like, hey, you know, there's a lot of malware out there. You guys make sure that you, you know, check stuff. No, we're, yeah. we're, we're calling out what you're seeing in the media. We're saying, if nothing else, this is happening right now. You can do something about
1: this. Yeah. And, and the, the struggle that a business owner is like, well, what can I do? The first thing you do is open up a line of communication to your employees and yep. say, hey, if you're on T-Mobile, you may have a risk. Do you want to talk to someone? And then, fine, Mr. Customer, engage us. Because right. I have answers for you at that point. If they don't want to talk, you know, that's it. But then, but you have to engage with your employees and say, hey, have you seen this? Are you aware of this?
0: So so a few and I minutes think ago. That's where our employers fall down. So. I agree. So a few minutes ago, we were talking about you started mentioning like, hey, this password's compromised. Go change your T Mobile password. And you're like, well, what about, you know, your ComX or whatever it might be? Did you change that password? Because it was the same password. I think that this is the other piece that's making this such a big scale problem is that we're still as people going, I got my five passwords. Don't worry. I rotated. The Password, one two, three, out four. Four. Password yeah. one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> yeah. And, and some really secure ones, you know, May 23rd, you know, whatever. I mean, we've got some good ones, right? So I think this is getting into that other arena that we talk about a lot, and, and that is it's not just about educating for the incident, it's about educating to avoid the incident, which is if you use good password hygiene, if you turn on 2FA, if you regularly check and monitor, et cetera, then you're not relying entirely on a tool that tried and true is still only accurate 60% of the time. Yeah, that's 100% agreed, so. I think that's an area um, where we, we have a lot of opportunity, right? Like, and I don't want to like totally just go with vendors and have it be all about vendors, but Microsoft, LastPass, uh, Okta, the list is a mile long of, of products that are out there that actually address this problem specifically. Because if we look at the recent breaches, what do they all have in common? Passwords, usernames. I mean, like we can make this not be really that relevant if that stuff's changing all the time. The, um,
1: the, yeah, well, and this kind of goes back to the like dark web monitor. So yeah, we'll, we'll go back to the MSP. As an MSP, I should be dark web monitoring my customers myself, right? And this is where,
0: so basically- uh my we're concern now back is- on the internet. <laughs> Sorry, your concern, as I did that nice interruption of killing my internet for a minute. My concern is that as a
1: business employees end up on the dark web, I have a reason to ask them if they are using that password anywhere else, something with me.
0: So how do you you kind of fit that in? Because I I think that's probably one of the most significant pieces that we can change.
1: Um, So how I fit it in is I just have a conversation. Uh, and, and, that, and that may be all that's really needed, right? Your password uh, is up there. It's hashed out. Are you still using
0: that password? Right. It's as simple as that. So. And, and I think that's a struggle for people, right? Like the, the last question is like, hey, I got this notification that says my password's been used before. It's compromised. Or now we even put it in browsers where it pops up and say, hey, this password's already been used. We're like, why well, I don't use this anywhere else. It's like, well, you may not, but who else is using your password? Yeah. I mean, my, my personal LinkedIn password from
1: the LinkedIn breach, how long ago was that? Six, seven years ago? Yep. Um, constantly gets alerted. Your password is on the internet from LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah I know. Yep. It's been there forever.
0: Well, and I get one from uh, back in the day when I used my favorite service of all time. It was called uh, MySpace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rocking MySpace with a compromised password. I can honestly tell you, I don't even remember ever signing up for MySpace. It's been that long. But it's out there. I think it was like 2016. I think they had a compromise. I'm like, I didn't even know that stuff existed still. So that kind of gets into another piece like, you know, digital footprint. Do You ever go back and encourage your users and staff like, hey, clean clean up. Uh, I had this example given to me a couple days ago, like Google Enterprise and Microsoft both support this, like to use aliases when you sign up for things like newsletters. So, you know, when you're suddenly getting targeted for marketing or sales or solicitation, because I like that idea, you know, you're getting a You're getting an email that says like, you know, uh, Chris.Microsoft at whatever. Right. Like now I know exactly where it came from. Um, Yeah, I like that. idea. I have to start doing that. Um, But you're right.
1: Uh, You know, to to bring this back a little bit to the business owner, the MSP, the business owner has a like I said, quote unquote, ethical responsibility to, to talk to their employees about this. And things like know before and all that kind of stuff can help educate the employees on how to be more diligent right. going forward, both personally and professionally. Right. But the way that you talk to a business owner about it is say, hey, Mr. Business Owner, yeah. if Chris's password is up on T-Mobile's hack and his social security number is up there, he's going to potentially cost you 40 plus hours while he revives his identity Right. And if he's using the same password as he's using for your Microsoft 365 account, yep. well, they just accessed your Microsoft 365 without even asking.
0: Well, I think that's like so, you—you just nailed it on the head. It's—it's it's like getting a bump. Uh, what do they call it, a bump key? Where it's like, I don't need your key, but if I get one that's close and I hit it right, I've gone through the door. This is like, well, I have your password. How many doors does this open besides, say, T-Mobile? That's exactly it. So, and all our—all of
1: our usernames are the same our email addresses. That's the easiest right. thing to find out about us. It takes me five minutes to find out your email address. Um, so that's what we have to talk about with our customers is it's not about always about protecting the employee data sure. or the, the the corporate data, but it's protecting your employment asset. I mean, our biggest assets
0: are our employees. So so, so one of the things, and I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, that I've been thinking about is what am I doing to help either my my company or my staff or my clients with questions like, have we done anything to evaluate whether or not we should be buying cell service or laptops or whatever it might be from this vendor? Because I feel like we're in the state of culturally of saying convenience, efficiency, productivity, and cheap. Maybe not even in that order. And when you you know, disrupt that by saying security, complexity, not available, we get angry, right? We want convenience. You know, I want another Starbucks closer to me because the one that's only three blocks away, it's always busy. Get me one closer, right? Like we're spoiled. So should we should we get anything other than what we're currently getting when when vendors have compromised? And we we pay them to make sure I can make a phone call and and that works pretty good.
1: So I think had you said that to me in early 2019, the answer would say good luck, nobody's gonna care. Right, um, since the early twenty twenty um I think the conversation is flipping. It's not there yet. Productivity is still number one, sure, but I think security is now, if not number two, fastly rising in the charts. This is number two, it's just sparkling <laughs> nice. um, but the so, uh yeah, I think, and our customers are asking for it and but your other piece of that puzzle is. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm sure they have it, but we're gonna ask this in a hypothetical. I wanna evaluate T-Mobile. Do they have a SOC 2? No. Okay, let's go to Verizon, do they have a SOC 2? No. Let's go to
0: AT&T, do they have a SOC 2? No.
1: Who the heck is left,
0: right? So, so let's, let's rewind that for a second because I think that you're, you're onto something, but it's also problematic at the same time. But depending on where you live dictates, who has the best coverage. So depending on your business operations, how does cellular services fit into that equation and does it, does it matter? So I think that gets back to what we've probably talked about a million times is, okay, now we're having a risk conversation. That's kind of where I was going with it.
1: At this point, um, and you know, take the word T-Mobile out and put in Jane Doe's company. Okay, yeah. every vendor. customer, every, every business has vendors. Right. And those vendors have certain responsibilities. If the, ben, if the only vendor I can use because of I'm on top of a mountaintop is T-Mobile, I have the high risk because I do not have any other options. Yep. But if I'm sitting down there in, you know, uh, Metropolitan City at XYZ and I can get everything under the sun, yeah. well, now I do have a responsibility to verify that I'm getting the best security vendor for my product.
0: So this makes me think, not to go down a rabbit hole, but if you think about like GDPR, CCPA, some of these other uh, privacy laws, it's great to have them now, but like there's still all this data out there that's already, you know, is blessing the internet with their presence. So now, yay, I get to work with a new vendor that's under bound under a GDPR law. Well, the breach happens. So what if I get financial compensation because of what has happened? The data is still gone, right? Like- yep. Just because you paid to get it back doesn't mean it's not still out there. And I think that's the part that we're still missing is like, we've got to do a lot of cleanup on information that's out there. I think the laws really need to be cracking down on what information should actually be collected, not what information can I have you delete that you've already collected. And, but, but, you know, we can keep this rabbit hole going. If you're not
1: going to take my social security number, what other identifier are you going to use to identify Of course. Um, And that identifier then just becomes as valuable as a security number.
0: Well, what I found interesting, though, about, like, say, I think it was the T-Mobile one, they had driver's license and social security number. Like, you don't really need both because one's tied to the other in some way. So, yeah, yeah, I recently uh, was working with um, uh, Compliance Control Hub, and they were talking about the schemas that are used to look at information that's collected about us. And there's something like 27 different record types, ranging from like uh, military service to uh, your education profile. And so many of them have different fields that they collect information on, but none of them are the same. And so one of the things that's being worked on right now is how to unify all of that so that you can reduce the number of fields used to have a complete picture which reduces that privacy impact by not having to collect so much information, information. just to get one picture. So, yeah. you know, I think at the end of the day, our challenges are less about compromise with big vendors and less about the breaches that they have and more about how to help everybody that we work with from allowing that data to matter when someone else has their hands on it. Yeah.
1: And as, a, as an employer. As an employer, we have a responsibility. As an MSP, we need to make sure that our customers
0: know that we're here for questions. Right. And I think taking that one step further is to lead with a information piece when it's blanketing the headlines, right? Like, if there's an obscure like, hey, the Razer mouse now elevates privileges when drivers are being installed. So 99.99% of the people out there are like, I have no idea what was just said. And that means that someone still has to sit in front of the computer and plug the cable in and time it just right to exploit the machine. But the point is that it's there and it's possible. And so, hey, my kid has a gaming Razer mouse. That means that if he plugs that into my PC, what potential risk am, am I putting my company at? because that's my computer. Like we are going to get into kids shouldn't be using my computer, but but you get what I'm saying, right? There's a list of things that we need to be more proactive about. And I don't think that that's currently happening. And I would say, if you've got suggestions, if you want to put these in the, you know, when I post on LinkedIn, you got some comments like, hey, I would maybe do do this. Um, I think that there's an opportunity here to say, hey, as an MSP, when bad things happen, even if it's not to us, that we're proactively saying, hey, was in the news. You should be aware of these three things because it could impact you. Here's what we're recommending that you do about it proactively. And oh, by the way, we're going to have a monthly or this month we're doing some sort of event online that says, hey, tune in for some tips and tricks so that you don't fall victim to the next phishing campaign or that you're looking for, hey, this is trending post AT&T or post (laughs) T-Mobile. Um, the one I've saw just recently is, "Hey, in, in light of the recent T-Mobile hack, we click here to change your uh, Apple iCloud password." Like, that's got nothing to do with T-Mobile. So right away, they they literally just put two things together that have nothing in common. But how many people are going to click on it and go, "I I better do that."
1: Yep. Exactly. And now they got their Apple ID password.
0: Listen, Chad, I I realize we had a little technical difficulty there, but I appreciate you coming on. you have anything else that you think our audience should hear before we uh, say, you know, peace out?
1: No, um, I think
0: that was a really good conversation.
1: Uh, I look forward to posting it. And if anything comes up, I will definitely uh, comment on your
0: post. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. This has been an episode of MSP 1337. Have a great week.